The Gloucester Park Preview is proudly presented by Retrovision. Our panel of experts will dissect the premier hardest race meeting of the week and hopefully find the winners. Retrovision, lowest prices guaranteed. RAC members save an extra 5% every day at Retrovision. It's a very good morning, everybody. Welcome along to the Retrovision Gloucester Park Preview on this Friday morning ahead of the Empress Stakes this evening at headquarters and of course an interesting three-year-old race to get things underway a really good night of pacing to look forward to 10 events on the program some smaller fields but still some intriguing battles that will unfold my name is tim walker with me flying solo in the studio alongside me today is glenn moore hello glenn Morning, listeners, and uh, we'll be joined by Richie Bell. Uh, Trent's obviously tied up with the football this morning, but we've got a program affected by COVID, obviously, with some trainers and drivers not available uh, to get to the trots tonight. So it is what it is. We've still got a very, very good Empress Stakes tonight, jam-packed full of interest with uh, a lot of quality fillies and mares in there, or mares, in there, and I'm pretty excited about that. The fast class down in numbers, but it's an intriguing little fast class race tactically. And like you, looking forward to that three-year-old race to open the program. Classy three-year-olds over 2,536 metres. Yes, we should point out Trent Cooper. He's obviously in Adelaide, and we wish him all the best for the Fremantle Dockers preliminary final in the AFLW tomorrow yep, there. For sure. Richie Bell's going to join us on the line very, very shortly. Uh, just before we get to Michael Grantham and Cody Walrock, we'll draw him uh, off the back of that. Uh, you mentioned COVID. It certainly wreaked havoc there on Tuesday. We know there's a number of drivers and a number of trainers that are in isolation as a result of being yep. positive or being close contacts. Uh, we need to stress tonight, drivers are advised that in, uh, there's going to be a strengthening of the COVID-19 testing regime with immediate effect following recent trends in the number of positive results being turned returned. All drivers will be tested on arrival at a race meeting. That's all race meetings. All drivers are advised that under no circumstances should you enter a rains person's room at a race course without first returning a supervised negative test. Drivers are reminded it is a public health requirement that masks be worn in the rains person's room. So your cooperation is appreciated as we continue to navigate our way through this period. I've had a couple of questions. Glenn and Michael Grantham is standing by. He's going to join us very shortly about why it's only drivers that are being tested and not trainers as well. Well, we know that the race the actual race can't go ahead without the drivers. So it's focusing in on the drivers first. And that's not to say that it might come in for the trainers down the track, but I can certainly understand if there are concerns around that. But that's the reasoning at the moment. It's the same for the jockeys in thoroughbred racing. So show must go on theory, that one. And uh, first things first, the drivers have to be out there. Um, I think as time goes on, um, the Premier of Western Australia will start relaxing and we'll get back to normal, particularly the close contacts thing. Um... Uh, clearly, it's getting through the community now, so I think a relaxing of that seems a common sense, uh, particularly for the racing industry as we go on. I think we just have to learn to live with it. All right, zero four two seven seven eight nine five seven one is the Retrovision text line. Have that handy because we are going to have Glenn Mortimer along as well in the opening part of the program. But Michael Grantham is standing by. He's with us on the program now. Hello to you, Mickey G. Good morning, Timmy. How are you? Going very, very well. Well, you've got a couple of very important drives tonight, and what are the odds in the opener? We were just talking about this three-year-old race. It's a good race. What are the odds we know has got his fair share of ability? Uh, can he cause a, a, well, a minor upset here with Wonderful to fly the favourite? He's on the second line. What are the odds? Um, he can. He can. He um, obviously rides ripping his hair out with this horse at the moment, and just trying to get him right for every time. Um, and he's doing his best at doing that, but he, he just keeps throwing his spanners in the work, this horse. But I was very happy with his trial on, on Sunday. They weren't a fast time. and He was only a three-year-old, but he definitely needed that trial on Sunday. Um, but, you know, I, tonight I think we just drop him out from that barrier and it, I can't see him missing the top three with his turn of foot that he has. If I can lob him in a nice spot, um, they'll definitely know he's there. But I was happy enough with his trial, um, and especially going into the 2,500. Um, Brian obviously gave another track run Wednesday, and he was um, reasonably happy with him. But like I said, he keeps throwing his spanners in the work, so we'll just have to see tonight. Mickey, um, just looking at the gear changes, he's got pads on. I presume he wore the pads in the trial. Do you know whether he wore the pads in the trial? And... Um yeah, how he how he came through that? Was there any? No, actually, 
didn't, he actually didn't wear the pads in the trial. Last prep, I'm pretty sure by memory from speaking to Ryan that he said he had them on and then his feet come really good and they end up taking them off. And then he just goes a little bit hoppy skippy and Ryan yep. just obviously back to basics and went, well, well, we'll start again and go back to basics with him. I don't think it'll be a problem him having them on if that's what you're asking. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Um, over to Livy J, um, a seagull or a chip, I suppose. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you? Um, I think during the night you're going to be a seagull and a chip. Yeah, well, that's all right, as long as I'm, I'm the caviar at the end of it. That's true. Um, look, I hadn't, had it not got knocked over last week um, at the 400, I was following a Lando Blue into it, and you know I lost a fair bit of ground when Eldo's horse hit a wheel and galloped and took me out of it. But I got a flat tyre, and I was still really happy with how... I got a bit of white line fever after that, and I still smacked her on the rump, and I chased up the inside of him, and she she still hit the line really well, and I finished on the back of Orlando Blue again, um, and you know not not having that interference at that time of the race, I was still going pretty good, which was very surprising. Um, you know, hadn't that happened, I'm not sure where I would have ran, but I would have ran obviously a lot closer. But she's she's a down and out leader, and over 2,500. There's probably not many horses that really want to burn in this race. They'll probably They'll probably want to be that seagull to me late, so I'll be ambitious to lead and try to get around as well as I can. But um, you know, all I want to do is win a Friday night with her. Yep. What about Smart Fortune? Is that night? Is tonight the night to press the button from barrier number four? He's he's very quick and he's quick. So it's either you know how he's going to go up to the gate, but um, you know, Rowan's Rowan's got the horse going good. Last start, he, he went really well. So. Um, you know, Burley Shard gets out okay, so does um, one of um, Sonia's. And, you know, with Kyle maybe driving Cody, the might, you know, he's a very good gate driver. So, But I think we've got to push the button and um, have a crack tonight. And if he gets across, um, you know, you'll see how much we do, whether we do hand up to, say, Vesper or will I rock and roll. But, you know, he can he can high bowl in front as well. So we'll have a go at the start. But, um, you know, if it all comes down, we just grab hold and duck in. They're very important, uh, uh, the drive on Smart Fortune, actually, is to way this race is going to be run. So that's very interesting. Um, zipping up to the next one, which is Thompson Bay, a horse that's got a lot of ability, but uh, it's not the great draw for it, and they'll need tempo up front with nowhere to run the obvious leader. Yeah, oh, yeah you're right there. and you know, I've never not really driven much for Hayden, so it was good to get a drive on this horse, and um, you know, he, like you say, he's got a lot of ability and um, obviously he'll probably just drop back in, but he's got a very good turn of foot, so if he can get the right track into it, he could definitely run a place. For sure, and we've got um, then coming up your drive, Miss Lamar, terrible draw in a very, very strong Empress. Uh, what do you make of it? It did trial a couple of times and uh, probably had the head outs at least. Uh, what do you make yeah, of this race? Yeah, she's a she's actually a very nice horse. Obviously, by El Cristiano, she's only getting better with with her age and what she does. And to be honest, I don't think she should be a hundred to one or thirteen dollars a place because if she does find the rail, we know that she's got a really good turn of foot if if we need to use it. So um, there could be a lot that goes on early in this race, I reckon, Glenn. So. Yeah, no doubt about that. What do you think it'll leave? Miss Mucho cross the one. Do you think better get it on? I don't. I don't really know. I, Savvy Bromac, she's quick. So is Angelin. I don't know. This, I just think there's going to be a lot between you know Junior Ryan and Chris at the start. So um, could help yeah, you late. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully they snap a head check and I can be giggling. <laughs> <laughs> can Sangreal bounce back from the disappointment of Sunday? I wasn't soft. You know, yeah, it was a very disappointing run, and you know it left Joel, poor Joel. He's scratching his head at what what had happened and. Yeah, I missed leaders back, but I just couldn't go, and he sort of wasn't really interested in the run, which, you know, I didn't knock spots off him after that. Obviously, you know, he was really well in the premium, and that just sometimes just horses are horses. So from barrier one, you know, he got really good gate speed, you know, and obviously not last week, but Giles, he would have freshened him up, and I reckon he would have got a little bit angry at him and screwed, um, tightened the screws on him this week. So, you know, he gets every chance from barrier one tonight. You've got a couple of late Crocodile Kid and uh, Forgotten Highway. Um, difficult situation. Forgotten Highway, um, it seems to have lost its um, form, but is there some yeah. hope that there's a resurrection there at some point, do you think? 
I hope you're right. Um, he he was really. I thought he was really good last start. I know he ran eight, but he's not a horse that'll travel up onto the back. And he's a he's a bit of a big squib. Um, but he he really hit the line well last oh couple of weeks ago. I'm pretty sure it was. And I was back inside him, and I had nowhere to go. But the best thing about it was is that actually when he got a bit of daylight after the line, he actually really went through. And he was in front down the back, but. Most horses that are, don't try really hard do tend to do that, but the way he done it, I was I was I was happy with him. Um, but just from that draw is going to kill him again. But he's probably one to watch. But if I can drive him like a bit of a suck in and out of him again, um, if he can he can lob into a handy position, he can. Um, we know that he can go. It's just whether he wants to go. That's Thank you, Doug. It comes a time tomorrow at Ascot. Um. Yep. He had a good slippery golf on Tuesday and I haven't missed him and um, you know, the 58 and a heart I don't think is going to bother him because um, he carries me every day so um, yeah he's loved a, a winnable race again so hopefully he can go on his winning way but yeah I'm happy with him Thank you very much for your time this morning Alright, thanks guys. Well done, mate. We'll just have a look at the market for race number one here. Firstly, Glenn, we were talking about it earlier on how it's a terrific race. Wonderful to fly, 275. What are the odds? 370. High price, 380. Rock on top, 460. It's $14 and upwards the rest. We'll come back to that momentarily because I reckon we have got Cody now who is with us on the line and well, he's had to make a few changes. He's coming to us this morning from isolation. Cody, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, gents. How are we? Going well. How are you going, more importantly? Ah, uh, yes, yeah, still fine. Um, I was actually sort of hoping I'd feel a little bit worse after a week off work, but I can't complain too much, I guess. All right. Now, how's it going to look tonight, getting the... Well, you're going to have to sit at home and watch. Are you a good watcher of it from home, or uh, how do you go watching on the TV? Um, yeah, I haven't had to watch too many, many of my own from home, but um, yeah, I'm not real good, good at watching them at the trot, so um, couldn't, couldn't imagine I'm going to be much better here. <laughs> well, you start off with Palatino, barrier number one tonight. Is it all about leading at all costs? Yeah, pretty much, I think. Um, you know, obviously, his last um, last couple of runs off the back line, he hasn't got out at all. Um, he's a bit of a funny horse, but off the front line, I expect him to get, to get out a lot sharper. Um, obviously, there's a lot of speed to our outside, um, but hopefully hopefully that can sort of cause a bit more of a staggered effect and, um, and yeah, We've got the right right driver on for um, you know if he's able to lead, and if not, um, I'm sure Kyle will give him every chance anyway. Um, Cody, with the barrier one, I, I noticed what you I know what you're talking about with regarding to following up on the back line. He doesn't seem to be able to muster like that, but from the one here, Kyle on board, um, as you suggest, Burley Shard particularly and um, Smart Fortune particularly um, come out hard. Um, by stirring Palatino up, is there a danger of him over racing? Uh, there, there is, but in saying that, like that's sort of probably why we, um, you know, he probably doesn't get out as quick as he uh, used to. I think I sort of once I got him, um, it was sort of a lot, a lot more about just keeping him calm and trying to get him to settle in his races. But um, you know, I drove him, tried to drive him out last week from behind, and and he he got on the chewy a little bit, but he's um, he seemed to. Seems to not pull as hard um, now as he used to. So, um, yeah, I think I think even if he does get cross after burning, um, you know, he'll definitely travel strong. But uh, I think it's a risk we've, we've got to take. I think if he leads, he's he's um, an almighty chance of, of winning. I think his his best races have always been in front, and I've never I've never been too confident in what he's going to give me from behind. So, um, yeah, as I say, I think it's just a chance we've got to take. All right, can the same be said? Baby face out of barrier number four. If you can find the front, this is a golden opportunity for him tonight. Yeah, when I first looked at the field, um, you know, I thought straight away this is the sort of the week to push the button, go forward, and um, sort of try driving like the best horse in the race, and and hope they um, they hand over to us. Reading the last word comments of Giles, um, looks like they they want to lead on Sangley Riel. Um, you know, I thought it, it was run in the bumper up was um, well below what it can produce um, so I, I sort of thought that they'd be happy to take the sit on us but um, yeah after reading that I'd say um, you know they're, they're pretty keen on holding the front and I see the blocks go back on which um, last time it led and won it GP it had those on and um, you know it does can't really see um, see someone turning a horse around in four 
four days, but if anyone's going to do it, I think Giles is definitely the, the trainer to do it. He's pretty clever. So, um, yeah, I just I spoke briefly to Kyle last night and I just said to him that um, it's all up to him what he does. Um, I think we can win the race. Um, I think the horse is definitely going well enough. He's just got to work out how. So, um, yeah, that'll all be left up to Kyle at this stage. If you look at the Bunbury Cup form, Cordero and yourself, uh, outstanding runs, the pair of you, really, if you line that up... Uh, got to be very hard to beat as long as you get a touch of luck and running i don't know where you're going to get to based on what's uh, being said but perhaps a single file race for a little while maybe galactic star might uh, uh, push up to the breeze if they're going slow it's it's hard to say but um you obviously don't want to be in the breeze but clearly the horse has got a great finishing run provided the races run a little bit to suit yeah definitely look like in the um Bunbury cup the other day i was actually pretty dirty on myself after the race um you know i, I felt we were going to end up three fence and, um, you know, I sort of committed to that. And, and once we landed for the fence, um, you know, I was kicking myself a bit. And then especially especially when um, I lost the sort of the ground, I'm, I did lose off the back of, um, you know, I would have been on Mighty Ronaldo. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the, the ground I made up to the line on him there, if I, I felt if I sat on his back, I'm not sure I would have beat the, beat the two of them, but I definitely would have been right there in the finish with them. So I was pretty dirty on on myself for that. So, um yeah, I think he's he's absolutely flying at the moment. I thought he'd run the start before after four or five weeks without a run it was um superb as well. So yeah, as you say, I think I think he's definitely going well enough. Um he's definitely got that finishing burst. I just my main concern is, you know, with going back is, you know, if Blake Star does head up the uh the one wide line then, you know, double double up will get there first onto its back and um, you know, if, if we were able to get the one one on something like Lady Star, I'd, yeah, I'd pretty much, um, I'd be happy to almost, almost declare him. But um, you know, I think we're just going to end up that one position too far back, and and it's going to be hard. But I think, yeah, I think he's definitely going well enough to, to make make up for that if um, you know if he gets some some tiny little bit of luck. Cody, thanks for your time. Stay healthy. Yeah, no worries. Cheers for that, boys. There is Cody Walrop with us on the program. Now, let's get to Richie Bell. Welcome him into the preview. Rich, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning to you, uh, Tim, and, and also Glenn. And uh, really interesting tactical battles tonight. And we've just heard that through uh, the interview with Cody and also Michael earlier. Just a quick note, Tuesday, um, the meeting will be a, a later start now, uh, about to 17 minutes past five. The late finish at about 9.25. Now, Marty Ronaldo, the Bunbury Cup winner, goes around. It's a gold bullion series and some really nice horses engaged on the night. Never mind the chaos will be there as well. And a really good trotting clash in the last between uh, Ace Commander Chimani and also Tricky Rick. So that's something to look forward to on Tuesday. Yeah, it certainly is. We might touch on that if we get a bit of time at the end of the hour. But let's get to the first here, the Titanium Man, three-year-old pace. As I said earlier on, wonderful to fly heads up the market and Shane Young said that she's working well, but the draw does make it tough. And Junior with higher price said that he was good on Monday, better than what he showed last time in town, which was a fortnight ago. I think he can improve off that, and I thought he would get the top over the distance. So, Glenn, your thoughts on the opener here? Yeah, 2,536 metres. Uh, the comments from uh, both Shane Young and from Ryan Bell were a bit more conservative in terms of the early approach, particularly at the 2,500 with the races coming up. If high price gets it right early, it... I think it's a horse, um, work-in-progress horse. Uh, clearly got outclassed by a wonderful fly last start. Um, but I don't think it was going, pacing that well. It was hanging down a bit, got inside the pegs. A few things have uh, improved with its uh, gait since then. It was meritorious at Pinjarra. Uh, it just might do enough to be very cheeky here. Uh, and I'm just going to lean to it on the basis of if it leads, it might be able to dictate it. I can't see... It won't be handing the lead over, clearly, and I can't see a lot of horses wanting to tackle it over the 2,500 initially, unless there's something in curveball early, perhaps. But put it on top uh, to beat the five, what are the odds, and the nine, wonderful to fly, which will be pelting home. And uh, I think rock on top could be the big improvement here over the 2,500, doing no work at all. As long as there's a bit of tempo, it'll be running on, I think, in a very wide-open race, 2 five. Three and eight. Okay, Rich, your numbers? I thought Rock on Top was a great 40 a win, 60 a place bet here. It's only run over 2,500 metres. They ran a sizzling last 400. He had to come from a fair way back. That was behind Swing Band, and all these recent starts have been in collectively stronger races with the likes of the Mickey Taker and, and Swing Band. 
So I think around about the four dollars fifty represents really good value here because um, just not sure whether these uh, leaders are going to be able to hang on. So I'm going to go with eight rock on top to win. Uh, from number three, high, uh, number two high price is going to be hard to beat if uh, finding the front, which should be able to do. I'm going to put Al Capone in for third, number five. This horse is under underrated. He has run in the, the Mickey Taker company before and did make some late ground. And then since then, he's really improved with two solid wins. The win over Tommy Jambo was very good last start. I think he's underrated at 33 to 1. And for fourth, number nine, wonderful to fly. I'm just going to risk uh, what are the odds. Um, Bridgetown win was OK, but obviously there's been a few issues. I'm going to go eight, rock on top from two, high price, nine, wonderful to f- uh, five, Al Capone, and nine, wonderful to fly. All right, we are going to head out to the roads on the Gloucester Park preview now. We'll be back with races two through ten next. You are listening to the Gloucester Park Preview, proudly presented by Retrovision. Retrovision, lowest prices guaranteed. RAC members save an extra 5% every day at Retrovision. All right, now don't forget the Retrovision quiz this morning on our text line. Uh, 2012 fold, 23 wins from 50 starts, a Horsham Cup, a Cranbourne Cup, an SA Pacing Cup, Geelong Cup, and a stall cup. So get your guesses in 0427789571. The supermodel pace over the 25.36 at 10 past six is race number two on the program. The six and the nine are out in L Daytona and Vulcan Star. Power and Grace, $1.90. Libby J, you just heard from Michael Grantham earlier on, $4.40, $4.60. Hit the road, Jack. Orlando Blue is at four eighty. A couple of comments here with uh, Power and Grace, Ross Oliveri. Good winning chance in a strong field. And reasonably well drawn, though, will go close here. Good each way chance, Greg Bond said, have hit the road, Jack. And Orlando Blue, another sticky draw. It looks tough for him, Michael Young said. Rich to you for the second. Well, if Libby Jay's holding up, it uh, changes the race a little bit. And Power and Grace is fairly short of the odds <coughs> on quote, but is, uh, is racing really well. It's come back well. Hit the road, Jack's got plenty of ability. And Orlando Blue should be running home hard if uh, they run along at a good speed. So it's a tricky race, but I ended up going with Power and Grace. It is knocking on the door, hoping it gets the right sort of run, but it's just hard to know how this uh, race is going to unfold. At the second, number one, Libby J. Could be hard to run over. Four, hit the road, Jack, and five, Orlando Blue. Three, one, four, and five. Glenn. And one thing's for sure, Richie, uh, it doesn't look as if there's a lot of pace here. But once the Libby J leads... Um, I can't see a lot of mid-race pressure. The breeze horse is hard to find, whether it's um, uh, Hit the Road Jack or Orlando Blue or something. Uh, Power Grace might sit there and, and want to go slow. But I think they'll want to go slow. The breeze horse won't want to be set up for the horses behind him. And Livy J might be able to dictate it. I'm just going to sort of lean to Hit the Road Jack on an each-way basis here. It's racing well. Got caught off the track last time. Went forward, had to restrain back. Still ran on strongly. It's all its form was good prior to that. Uh, put it on top on an each-way basis to beat the one Livy J. He'll be cheeky, and it's a good front runner, and it's a little bit off and on on the bit. But um, once it's cranked up late, it should find something. Put it on second, third, Power and Grace the three, and Orlando Blue very capable of winning this race. Gets the right run to run fourth. Four, one, three, and five. Okay, that is for Glenn to go with three, one, four, and five for Rich in race number two. The Flowerbed Racing Challenge pace over the 21.30 is race number three. It comes up at 6.47. Vespa, 3.10, as is Will I Rock and Roll, 3.40, Palatino. And then you've got American Bullet there at $10 heading up the rest. So you heard from Cody. You also heard from Michael Grantham with Smart Fortune. Vespa, Michael Young said, will win if he leads. And Gary Hall Jr. with Will I Rock and Roll. It's a pretty open race. If he can get a spot close, he's an each-way chance. Rich the third. Yeah, I'm going to go with Will I Rock. The Gloucester Park Preview is proudly presented by Retrovision. Our panel of experts will dissect the premier hardest race meeting of the week and hopefully find the winners. Retrovision, lowest prices guaranteed. RAC members save an extra 5% every day at Retrovision. It's a very good morning, everybody. Welcome along to the Retrovision Gloucester Park Preview on this Friday morning ahead of the Empress Stakes this evening at Headquarters and, of course, an interesting three-year-old race to get things underway. A really good night of pacing to look forward to. Ten events on the program. Some smaller fields, but still some intriguing battles that will unfold. My name is Tim Walker. With me, flying solo in the studio alongside me today is Glenn Moore. Hello, Glenn. Morning, Morning, listeners. And uh, we'll be joined by Richie Bell. Uh, Trent's obviously tied up with the football this morning. But we've got a 
program affected by COVID, obviously, with some trainers and drivers not available uh, to get to the trots tonight. So it is what it is. We've still got a very, very good Empress Stakes tonight. Jam-packed full of interest with uh, a lot of quality fillies and mares in there, or mares in there, and I'm pretty excited about that. The fast class down in numbers, but it's an intriguing little fast class race tactically. And like you, looking forward to that three-year-old race to open the program. Classy three-year-olds over 2,536 metres. Yes, we should point out Trent Cooper. He's obviously in Adelaide, and we wish him all the best for the Fremantle Dockers preliminary final in the AFLW tomorrow yep, there. Sure. Richie Bell's going to join us on the line very, very shortly. Uh, just before we get to Michael Grantham and Cody Walrock will join uh, off the back of that. Uh, you mentioned COVID. It certainly wreaked havoc there on Tuesday. We know there's a number of drivers and a number of trainers that are in isolation as a result of being yep. positive or being close contacts. Uh, we need to stress tonight, drivers are advised that in, uh, there's going to be a strengthening of the COVID-19 testing regime with immediate effect following recent trends in the number of positive results being turned returned. All drivers will be tested on arrival at a race meeting. That's all race meetings. All drivers are advised that under no circumstances should you enter a range person's room at a race course without first returning a supervised negative test. Drivers are reminded it is a public health requirement that masks be worn in the range person's room. So your cooperation is appreciated as we continue to navigate our way through this period. I've had a couple of questions. Glenn and Michael Grantham is standing by. He's going to join us very shortly about why it's only drivers that are being tested and not trainers as well. Well, we know that the race, the actual race can't go ahead without the drivers. So it's focusing in on the drivers first. And that's not to say that it might come in for the trainers down the track, but I can certainly understand if there are concerns around that. But that's the reasoning at the yep. moment. It's the same yep. for the jockeys in thoroughbred racing. It's a show must go on yep. theory, that one. And uh, first things first, the drivers have to be out there. Um, I think as time goes on, um, the Premier of Western Australia will start relaxing and we'll get back to normal, particularly the close contacts thing. Um uh, clearly, it's getting through the community now, so I think a relaxing of that seems a common sense, uh, particularly for the racing industry as we go on. I think we just have to learn to live with it. All right, zero four two seven seven eight nine five seven one is the Retrovision text line. Have that handy because we are going to have Glenn Mortimer along as well in the opening part of the program. But Michael Grantham is standing by. He's with us on the program now. Hello to you, Mickey G. Good morning, Timmy. How are you? Going very, very well. Well, you've got a couple of very important drives tonight, and what are the odds in the opener? We were just talking about this three-year-old race. It's a good race. What are the odds we know has got his fair share of ability? Uh, can he cause a, a, well, a minor upset here with Wonderful to fly the favourite? He's on the second line. What are the odds? Um, he can. He can. He um, obviously rides ripping his hair out with this horse at the moment, and just trying to get him right for every time. Um, and he's doing his best at doing that, but he, he keeps throwing his spanners in the work, this horse. But I was very happy with his trial on, on Sunday. They weren't a fast time. and He was only a three-year-old, but he definitely needed that trial on Sunday. Um, but, you know, I, tonight I think we just drop him out from that barrier and it, I can't see him missing the top three with his turn of foot that he has. If I can lob him in a nice spot, um, they'll definitely know he's there. But I was happy enough with his trial, um, and especially going into the 2,500. Um, Brian obviously gave another track run Wednesday, and he was um, reasonably happy with him. But like I said, he keeps throwing his spanners in the work, so we'll just have to see tonight. Mickey, um, just looking at the gear changes, he's got pads on. I presume he wore the pads in the trial. Do you know whether he wore the pads in the trial? And... Um yeah, how he how he came through that? Was there any? No, he actually, didn't, he actually didn't wear the pads in the trial. Last prep, I'm pretty sure by memory from speaking to Ryan that he said he had them on, and then his feet come really good, and they end up taking them off, and then he just goes a little bit hoppy skippy, and Ryan yep. just obviously back to basics and went, well, we'll we'll start again and go back to basics with him. I Do don't you... think it'll be a problem him having them on if that's what you're asking. Yeah, for sure, that's good. Um... Over to Livy J, um, a seagull or a chip, I suppose. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you? Um, I, I think during the night you're going to be a seagull and a chip. Yeah, well, that's all right as long as I'm on the caviar at the end of it. Mm, that's true. Um, look, I hadn't had it not got knocked over last week um, at the 400. I was following a Lando blew into it, and you know I lost a fair bit of ground when Eldo's horse hit a wheel and galloped and took me out of it, but 
I got a flat tyre and I was still really happy with how I got a bit of white line fever after that and I still smacked her on the rump and <laughs> I chased up the inside of them and she, she still hit the line really well and I finished on the back of Orlando Blue again um, and, you know, not, not having that interference at that time of the race, I was still going pretty good, which was very surprising. Um, you know, hadn't that happened, I'm not sure where I would have ran, but I would have ran obviously a lot closer. But she's she's a down and out leader and over 2,500. There's probably not many horses that really want to burn in this race. They'll probably they'll probably want to be that seagull to me late. So I'll be ambitious to lead and try and get around as well as I can. But um, you know, all I want to do is win a Friday night with her. Yep. What about Smart Fortune? Is the night is tonight the night to press the button from barrier number four? He's he's very quick and he's quick. So it's either, you know, how he's gonna go up to the gate, but um, you know, Rowan's Rowan's got the horse going good last start. He he went really well, so um, you know, Burley Shard gets out okay, so does um one of um Sonya's and you know, with Kyle maybe driving Cody's might you know, he's a very good gate driver, so but I think we've got to push the button and um have a crack tonight and if he gets across, um, you know, you see how much we do whether we do hand up to say Vesper or will I rock and roll, but you know he can he can high bowl in front as well. So we'll have a go at the start, but um, you know if it all comes down, we just grab hold and duck in. Yeah, very important. Uh, uh, the drive on Smart Fortune actually is to way this race is going to be run. So that's very interesting. Um, zipping up to the next one, which is Thompson Bay. A horse that's got a lot of ability, but uh, it's not the great draw for it, and they'll need tempo up front with nowhere to run the obvious leader. Yeah, oh, you're, you're right there, and you know, I've never not really driven much for Hayden, so it was good to get a drive on this horse. And um, you know, he, like you say, he's got a lot of ability, and um, obviously he'll probably just drop back in, but he's got a very good turn of foot. So if he can get the right track into it, he could definitely run a place for sure. And we've got um, then. Coming up, your drive, Miss Lamar, terrible draw in a very, very strong Empress. Uh, what do you make of it? It did trial a couple of times and uh, probably had the head outs at least. Uh, what do you make yeah, of she, this race? Yeah, she's a, she's actually a very nice horse, obviously, by El Cristiano. She's only getting better with, with her age and what she does. And to be honest, I don't think she should be 100 to 1 or $13 a place because if she does find the rail, we know that she's got a really good turn of foot if, if we need to use it. So... Um, there could be a lot that goes on early in this race, I reckon, Glenn. So, yeah, no doubt about that. What do you think it'll leave? Miss Mucho cross the one? Do you think better get it on? I don't, I don't really know. Savvy Bromax, she's quick. So is Angel. I don't know. This, I just think there's going to be a lot between you know Junior Ryan and Chris at the start. So um, Could it help yeah, you late? Yeah, I think so. Hopefully they snap a head check and I can be giggling. <laughs> <laughs> can Sangreal bounce back from the disappointment of Sunday? I was soft. You know, yeah, it was a very disappointing run. And, you know, it left Joel, poor Joel. He's scratching his head at what, what had happened. And, yeah, I missed leaders back, but I just couldn't go. And he sort of wasn't really interested in the run, which, you know, I didn't knock spots off him after that. Obviously, you know, he was really well in the prelim and that just, Sometimes just horses are horses. So from barrier one, you know, we've got really good gate speed. <laughs> you know, obviously not last week, but Giles, he would have freshened him up, and I reckon he would have got a little bit angry at him and screwed, um, tightened the screws on him this week. So you know, he gets every chance from barrier one tonight. You've got a couple of late Crocodile Kid and uh, Forgotten Highway. Um, difficult situation. Forgotten Highway, um, it seems to have lost its... Um form, but is there some yeah. hope that there's a resurrection there at some point, do you think? I hope you're right. Um, he he was really, I thought he was really good last start. I know he ran eight, but he's not a horse that'll travel up onto the back and he's a, he's a bit of a big squib, um, but he, he really hit the line well last, a oh, couple of weeks ago, I'm pretty sure it was, and I was back inside him and I had nowhere to go, but the best thing about it was is that actually when he got a bit of daylight after the line, he actually really went through and he was in front down the back, but most horses that are, don't try really hard do tend to do that, but the way he done it, I was, I was, I was happy with him, um, but just from that draw is going to kill him again, but he's probably one to watch, but if I can drive him like a bit of a suck in and out of him again, um, if he can, he can lob into a handy position, he can... Um, we know that he can go, it's just whether he wants to go. Thank you, Doug. It comes a time tomorrow at Ascot? Um, yep, yeah, he had a 
good slippery golf on Tuesday and I haven't missed him. And, um, you know, the 58 and a heart, I don't think it's going to bother him because um, he carries me every day. So, um, yeah, he's loved a, a winnable race again. So hopefully he can go on his winning way. But, yeah, I'm happy with him. Thank you very much for your time this morning. All right, thanks, guys. Well done, mate. Well, just have a look at the market for race number one here. Firstly, Glenn, we were talking about it earlier on how it's a terrific race. Wonderful to fly, 275. What are the odds? 370. High price, 380. Rock on top, 460. It's $14 and upwards the rest. We'll come back to that momentarily because I reckon we have got Cody now who is with us on the line. And, well, he's had to make a few changes. He's coming to us this morning from isolation. Cody, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, gents. How are we? Going well. How are you going, more importantly? Ah, uh, yeah, still fine. Um, I was actually sort of hoping I'd feel a little bit worse after the week off work, but I can't complain too much, I guess. All right. Now, how's it going to look tonight? Getting the Well, you're going to have to sit at home and watch. Are you a good watcher of it from home, or uh, how do you go watching on the TV? Um, yeah, I haven't had to watch too many, many of my own from home, but um, yeah, I'm not real good, good at watching them at the trot, so um, couldn't, couldn't imagine I'm going to be much better here. <laughs> well, you start off with Palatino, barrier number one tonight. Is it all about leading at all costs? Yeah, pretty much, I think. Um, you know, obviously, his last um, last couple of runs off the back line, he hasn't got out at all. Um, he's a bit of a funny horse, but off the front line, I expect him to get, to get out a lot sharper. Um, obviously, there's a lot of speed to our outside, um, but hopefully hopefully that can sort of cause a bit more of a staggered effect and, um, and yeah, We've got the right right driver on for um, you know if he's able to lead, and if not, um, I'm sure Kyle will give him every chance anyway. Um, Cody, with the barrier one, I, I noticed what you I know what you're talking about with regards to following up on the back line. He doesn't seem to be able to muster like that, but from the one here, Kyle on board, um, as you suggest, Burley Shard particularly and um, Smart Fortune particularly um, come out hard. Um, by stirring Palatino up, is there a danger of him over racing? Uh, there, there is, but in saying that, like that's sort of probably why we, um, you know, he probably doesn't get out as quick as he uh, used to. I think I sort of once I got him, um, it was sort of a lot, a lot more about just keeping him calm and trying to get him to settle in his races. But um, you know, I drove him, tried to drive him out last week from behind, and and he he got on the chewy a little bit, but he's um, he seemed to. Seems to not pull as hard um, now as he used to. So, um, yeah, I think I think even if he does get cross after Burnham, um, you know, he'll definitely travel strong. But um, I think it's the risk we've, we've got to take. I think if he leads, he's, he's um, an almighty chance of, of winning. I think his his best races have always been in front, and I've never I've never been too confident in what he's going to give me from behind. So, um, yeah, as I say, I think it's just a chance we've got to take. All right, can the same be said? Babyface out of barrier number four. If you can find the front, this is a golden opportunity for him tonight. Yeah, when I first looked at the field, um, you know, I thought straight away this is the sort of the week to push the button, go forward, and um, sort of try driving like the best horse in the race, and and hope they um, they hand over to us. Reading the last word comments of Giles, um, looks like they they want to lead on Sangley Riel. Um, you know, I thought it, it was run in the bumper up was um, well below what it can produce, um, so I, I sort of thought that they'd be happy to take the sit on us, but um, yeah, after reading that, I'd say, um, you know, they're, they're pretty keen on holding the front, and I see the blocks go back on, which um, last time it led and won it, GP it had those on, and um, you know, it does can't really see um, see someone turning a horse around in four, four days, but if anyone's going to do it, I think Giles is definitely the, the trainer to do it, he's pretty clever, so um, yeah, I've just I spoke briefly to Kyle last night and I just said to him that um, it's all up to him what he does. Um, I think we can win the race. Um, I think the horse is definitely going well enough. He's just got to work out how. So, um, yeah, that'll all be left up to Kyle at this stage. If you look at the Bunbury Cup form, Cordero and yourself, uh, outstanding runs, the pair of you, really, if you line that up, uh, you've got to be very hard to beat as long as you get a touch of luck in running. I don't know where you're going to get to based on what's uh, being said, but... Perhaps a single file race for a little while. Maybe Galactic Star might uh, uh, push up to the breeze if they're going slow. It's it's hard to say, but um, you obviously don't want to be in the breeze. But clearly the horse has got a great finishing run, provided the races run a little bit to suit. Yeah, definitely. Look, like in the um, Bunbury Cup the other day, I was actually pretty dirty on myself. 
after the race. Um, you know, I, I felt we were going to end up three fence, and um, you know, I sort of committed to that. And, and once we landed for the fence, um, you know, I was kicking myself a bit, and then especially, especially when um, I lost the sort of the ground, I'm, I did lose off the back of um, you know, I would have been on Mighty Ronaldo. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the, the ground I made up to the line on him there. If I, I felt if I sat on his back, I'm not sure I would have beat the beat the two of them, but I definitely would have been right there in the finish with them. So I was pretty dirty on on myself for that. So um, yeah, I think he's he's absolutely flying at the moment. I thought he'd run the start before after four or five weeks without a run was um, superb as well. So yeah, as you say, I think I think he's definitely going well enough. Um, he's definitely got that finishing burst. I just my main concern is. You know, with going back is, you know, if Blake Star does head up the uh, the one wide line, then you know, double double up will get there first onto its back, and um, you know, if, if we were able to get the one one on something like Blake Star, I'd, yeah, I'd pretty much um, I'd be happy to almost almost declare him. But um, you know, I think we're just going to end up that one position too far back, and and it's going to be hard. But I think yeah, I think he's definitely going well enough to to make make up for that if, um, you know, if he gets some, some tiny little bit of luck. Cody, thanks for your time. Stay healthy. Yeah, no worries. Cheers for that, boys. There is Cody Walrop with us on the program. Now, let's get to Richie Bell. Welcome him into the preview. Rich, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning to you, uh, Tim, and, and also Glenn, and uh, really interesting tactical battles tonight, and we've just heard that through uh, the interview with Cody and also Michael earlier. Just a quick note, Tuesday... Um, the meeting will be a, a later start now, uh, about to 17 minutes past five. The late finish at about 9.25. Now, Marty Ronaldo, the Bunbury Cup winner, goes around. It's a gold bullion series and some really nice horses engaged on the night. Never mind the chaos will be there as well. And a really good trotting clash in the last between uh, Ace Commander Chimani and also Tricky Rick. So that's something to look forward to on Tuesday. Yeah, it certainly is. We might touch on that if we get a bit of time at the end of the hour. But let's get to the first here, the Titanium Men, three-year-old pace. As I said earlier on, wonderful to fly heads up the market. And Shane Young said that she's working well, but the draw does make it tough. And Junior with higher price said that he was good on Monday, better than what he showed last time in town, which was a fortnight ago. I think he can improve off that. And I thought he would get the top over the distance. So, Glenn, your thoughts on the opener here? Yeah, 2,536 metres. Uh, the comments from uh, both Shane Young and from Ryan Bell were a bit more conservative in terms of the early approach, particularly at the 2,500 with the races coming up. If High Price gets it right early, it, I think it's a horse, um, work-in-progress horse. Uh, clearly got outclassed by Wonderful Fly last start. Um, but I don't think it was going pacing that well. It was hanging down a bit, got inside the pegs. A few things have uh, improved with its uh, gait since then. It was meritorious at Pinjarra. Uh, it just might do enough to be very cheeky here. Uh, and I'm just going to lean to it on the basis of if it leads, it might be able to dictate it. I can't see it won't be handing the lead over clearly and I can't see a lot of horses wanting to tackle it over the 2,500 initially unless there's something in curveball early, perhaps. But put it on top uh, to beat the five, what are the odds? and the nine wonderful to fly, which will be pelting home. And uh, I think Rock on Top could be the big improvement here over the 2,500, doing no work at all. As long as there's a bit of tempo, it'll be running on, I think, in a very wide-open race. Two, five, three, and eight. OK, Rich, your numbers? I thought Rock on Top was a great 40 a win, 60 a place bet here. It's only run over 2,500 metres. They ran a sizzling last to 400. He had to come from a fair way back. That was behind Swing Band, and... All these recent starts have been in collectively stronger races with the likes of the Mickey Taker and, and Swing Band. I think around about the $4.50 represents really good value here because I'm um, just not sure whether these uh, leaders are going to be able to hang on. So I'm going to go with 8 Rock on top to win. Uh, from number three, high, uh, number 2 high price, is going to be hard to beat if uh, finding the front, which should be able to do. I'm going to put Al Capone in for third, number 5. This horse is under underrated. He has run in the, the Mickey Taker company before and did make some late ground. And then since then, he's really improved with two solid wins. The win over Tommy Jambo was very good last start. I think he's underrated at 33 to 1. And for fourth, number nine, wonderful to fly. I'm just going to risk a, what are the odds. Um, Bridgetown win was okay, but obviously there's been a few issues. I'm going to go eight, rock on top from two, high price, nine, wonderful to uh, five, Al Capone and nine, Wonderful to fly. All right. We are going to head out to the roads on the Gloucester Park preview now. We'll be back with races 2 through 10 next.
You are listening to the Gloucester Park Preview, proudly presented by Retrovision. Retrovision, lowest prices guaranteed. RAC members save an extra 5% every day at Retrovision. All right, now don't forget the Retrovision quiz this morning on our text line. Uh, 2012 fold, 23 wins from 50 starts, a Horsham Cup, a Cranbourne Cup, an SA Pacing Cup, Geelong Cup, and a stall cup. So get your guesses in 0427789571. The supermodel pace over the 25.36 at 10 past six is race number two on the program. The six and the nine are out in El Daytona and Vulcan Star. Power and Grace, $1.90. Livy J, you just heard from Michael Grantham earlier on, $4.40, $4.60. Hit the road, Jack. Orlando Blue is at four eighty. A couple of comments here with uh, Power and Grace. Ross Oliveri, good winning chance in a strong field. And reasonably well drawn, though, will go close here. Good each way chance, Greg Bond said, have hit the road, Jack. And Orlando Blue, another sticky draw. It looks tough for him, Michael Young said. Rich to you for the second. Well, if Libby Jay's holding up, it uh, changes the race a little bit. And Power and Grace is fairly short of the odds <coughs> on quote, but he's, uh, he's racing really well. It's come back well. Hit the road, Jack, got plenty of ability. And Orlando Blue should be running home hard if uh, they run along at a good speed. So it's a tricky race, but I ended up going with Power and Grace. It is knocking on the door, hoping it gets the right sort of run, but it's just hard to know how this uh, race is going to unfold. At the second, number one, Libby J. Could be hard to run over. Four, hit the road, Jack, and five, Orlando Blue. Three, one, four, and five. Glenn. And one thing's for sure, Richie, uh, it doesn't look as if there's a lot of pace here. But once the Libby J. leads... Um, I can't see a lot of mid-race pressure. The breeze horse is hard to find, whether it's um, uh, Hit the Road Jack or Orlando Blue or something. Uh, Power Grace might sit there and, and want to go slow. But I think they'll want to go slow. The breeze horse won't want to be set up for the horses behind him. And Livy Jane might be able to dictate it. I'm just going to sort of lean to Hit the Road Jack on an each-way basis here. It's racing well, got caught off the track last start, went forward, had to restrain back, still ran on strongly. It's all its form was good prior to that. Uh, put it on top on an each-way basis to beat the one Livy J. He'll be cheeky, and it's a good front runner, and it's a little bit off and on on the bit. But um, once it's cranked up late, it should find something. Put it in run second, third. Power and Grace the three, and Orlando Blue very capable of winning this race. Gets the right run to run fourth. Four, one, three, and five. Okay, that is for Glenn to go with three, one, four, and five for Rich in race number two. The Flowerbed Racing Challenge pace over the 21.30 is race number three. It comes up at 6.47. Vespa, 3.10, as is Will I Rock and Roll, 3.40, Palatino. And then you've got American Bullet there at $10 heading up the rest. So you heard from Cody. You also heard from Michael Grantham with Smart Fortune. Vespa, Michael Young said, will win if he leads. And Gary Hall Jr. with Will I Rock and Roll. It's a pretty open race. If he can get a spot close, he's an each-way chance. Rich the third. You only go with Will I Rock and Roll. Uh, there should be a bit of pressure here on what the, the conversations, uh, the way it's unfolded. Palatino looking to hold up, Smart Fortune getting out quickly, and Burley Shard, who knows what it's going to do here from gate number three, driving up at the middle. Uh, if Vespa happen to run past Smart Fortune early, it could be the end of the race, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen um, with those inside horses as well. And if Palatino holds up, it changes everything. But I think Will I Rock and Roll is versatile enough, whichever way the race is run to play a big part in this race. Worked home stylishly in a 28-1 and 156-4 behind Don't Bother Me None, who's a smart horse. So six on top, Willow Rock and Roll, five Vespa. I think they're probably the two highest-rated horses in the race at the moment. Uh, for third, number one, Palatino should be there all the way. And for fourth, I'm going to put in number two, American Bullet, who should get a soft run and was pretty good last start. Six from five, one and two. OK, Glenn. Yeah, Willow Rock and Roll um, went very good last night. Pushed up the track down the back and then kept coming late against Don't Bother Me No. 156.4. Thought it was a meritorious run. This race could well be set up for uh, pressure. It looks like Smoke Fortune is going to make the big, bold attempt to cross Palatino and Burley Shard. Uh, if that happens, uh, it, it uh, becomes a, a chance, certainly, to be in the money. Uh, they're going to have to burn to do it, though. Vespa may be the recipient of getting the lead off Smart Fortune. So you elevate its chances if it gets the lead off Smart Fortune as well. Um, but I'll just lean to Willow Rock and Roll because they're going to have to do a fair bit of work. Uh, put Willow Rock and Roll on top to beat uh, Vespa. It'll be very cheeky if it gets the rails quickly. The one Pelotino is certainly in form and around the place. 
and the two American Bullet racing well would just tuck away. Six, five, one and two. That's for both Glenn and Rich in race number three. Race number four is the vintage side of pace. It's over the 25.36 at 7.24. $1.26 no when to run. $6.50 Doc Holiday. $9 Mr Bushido at $17 and upwards the rest. So with Mr Bushido, Callan Tavalco said, I would say we'd be sitting on the two and trying to hold its back. And Junior was of the opinion that uh, Rich, that no when to run, should be leading and winning here. Definitely, yeah. It looks for the standout for the night. Number two, nowhere to run to lead and win. Three, Pierre Whitby can run a race here, getting a soft trip, or it could run into second place. The third, I'm going to put in number nine, Caveman, who might be able to work forward and they don't run along too much. Caveman could cling on. It's racing quite well. Uh, the fourth, number eight, Doc Holiday, who uh, should be running home at the end of it. Two from three, nine and eight. OK, Glenn? Yeah, no disgrace in Doc Holiday getting run down by a top-class horse in Ideal Agent last time, went massive. Um, Doc Holliday is no disgrace in its run, though. I would have thought um, nowhere to run leads from the one, Mr Bushido. That's pretty obvious uh, um, on face value. Uh, they've all worked out early. Um, Doc Holliday, possibly um, because of the back-off in pace after that, would pop around, be outside the leader, quite capable of sitting outside the leader. Again, I don't think they'll go that hard in the middle stages and run a really fast last 800. I'll just put the two on top, nowhere to run to beat the eight, Doc Holiday, the one, Mr Bushido. Needs to improve, but it's got the right draw to do that. And the six, Jasper Vallabich, uh, last start winner, owned 56.4, walked around, but went okay. Two, eight, one and six. Okay, that is for Glenn to go with two, three, nine and eight for Rich. We get to our feature, the Cowden Limited Empress Stakes. This is for the girls over the 25.36 at 7.55. Savvy Bromac, 2.30. 2.35, Miss Muccio. 3.50, better get it on. And then it's $26 and upwards the rest. So they are drawn one, two, and three here. The big three chances, Rich. We spoke to Gary Old Jr. for the last word. He said he hadn't spoken to Justin, but said that she runs her best races in front, better get it on. Greg Bond with Miss Macho said she's an each-way chance and Savvy Bromack racing well without luck. Fingers crossed here. She ran in the Golden Girls Mile down there at Pinjarra last Monday and then had the run in the Bunbury Cup. Rich, better get it on, though, brings that X factor to this race from the Golden Girls Mile where a lot of them are coming through. Yes, I'm not sure about better get it on. I know it's a really good front runner and 2,500 metres can uh, do a bit of rolling over the final thousand or so but uh, Miss Macho's racing really well it's got the draw gate number two it's going to get the right sort of run Angel in White to press forward you'd think uh, outside maybe you'd better get it on Miss Macho should get a comfortable trip just off them so I'm going to go that way to beat the other class runner number three Savvy Bromack not sure exactly where she, uh, she ends up but um, she's in pretty good form uh, for third number one better get it on who can hang on and uh, I thought my prayer maybe at a bit of a price, 60 to 1 currently at the moment. Two from three, one and six. OK, Glenn. Yeah, if this pressure, uh, Richie, this could um, be a ball over race, I suppose, um, because there's a little bit on early. Miss Macho will clearly try and cross better get it on and they'll know after 50 metres to 100 metres whether that's going to happen. And it's got electrifying gate speed when they want to use it, Miss Macho, and I presume that'll be their ambition here try and get past it. That's significant for Savvy Bromack. Last two runs, Bunbury and Pinjarra Cups have been massive. It possibly could have won either one of those races with the right run. Uh, to me, it's the one, provided that there's a bit of action early and there's not a quick lead for one of these horses, um, which if this pressure will help Savvy Bromack greatly, I think. Put it on top to beat the two, Miss Much Over finds a front. Might get a bit keen. It did get keen the other week when it led and over-raced. They just let it roll and uh, accordingly went very, very good and ran fast time. Put it in to run second. The one better get it on. It can stick on well. The 2,500 will suit. If it can lead, it'll be cheeky. And Angel and White's racing really well. I'll just go with the barrier draws. Um, it's it's one that's capable. Uh, the 2,500, if it gets a slightly better run than what it's been getting lately, but there's many other chances. My prayer for Vida Moore, Blissful Abbey, those type of horses that can uh, capture delight, Miss Lamar, that they could run on if this race is run upside down. But I'll just lean to three, two, one, and four. Three, two, one, and four for Glenn. Two, three, one, and six for Richie. What is a really intriguing edition of the Empress Stakes? Of course, the Bond team won it last year with 
Wayne Newey Creek. The Cowden Insurance Brokers Pace over the 21.30 at 20 past 8 is our free-for-all event of the evening. Sangre Real, $2.50. 420 double up. Babyface out of 440. Cordero, $5. Galactic Star, $6. Xperia is the only one that's really not fancied here from Barry at number two. So Greg Bond with his two, double up, racing great, and each way chance, place hope, he said, of Galactic Star. Rich, the free-for-allers. Well, Cordero would get a soft trip while anything was happening up front and uh, could finish strongly here and at a price of $5 represents a reasonable value. It is pay one, two, of course. It ran home very nicely indeed uh, off a soft trip there in the Bunbury Cup. Uh, for second number four, Babyface I'm not sure how it's going to unfold now. Uh, Carl Harper has got a tactical battle on his hands here with the Cody Waldrop train Babyface Adder, but looks a leading contender on what it did at Bunbury. Uh, for third, I put him five double up, who will be fancy to get the right sort of run here. And one Sangre Real, next best. Three, four, five and one. OK. Uh, Glenn? Exactly the same. Um, it's a tricky race. Uh, the Bunbury Cup form, Cordero and Babyface Adder, I think, will stack up. Uh, they beat Sangro pretty easily in the Bunbury Cup. Uh, Double Up's got good Pinjarra Cup form, really solidly run Pinjarra Cup too. Had a good run, but still a solid run. It's going OK. Three to win, Cordero from four, Babyface Adder. The five double up and the one Sangreal. The interesting runners' experience didn't go too bad in that fast class race first up. Be an interesting watch to see how it goes second up tonight or tomorrow. Tonight, yep, three, four, five, and one. That's for both Glenn and Rich in race number six. Race number seven, the standout broking services pace over the twenty-one thirty, and this one comes up at eight forty-five. Acuto two dollars sixty, two dollars seventy. Space Junk three dollars. A sports package on the spin around from Tuesday night, then it's $19 and upwards the rest. So the comments here on two of the key chances. Ryan Bell, speaking to him yesterday on the Sports Daily, he said, I think is a great winning chance, wrapped to get the drive. I think it's the type of race he could hold up. And then Nathan Turby with Sports Package said the mare will go well. Rich, race number seven. I've been black booking uh, out of these standing start races recently and uh, Cheers racing well. Putting, putting in some really determined efforts, and I can understand Ryan Bell's enthusiasm here. Uh, looks the one it can uh, hold up early, which I think it might be able to do. A couple of years ago, I led in a race, I think, at Penrith from the inside. So I think maybe a Cuto number one at the $2.60. Uh, black figures okay for me, number one. On top from 10 Majestic Star. Wasn't too bad when coming wide for the run last start and should get the perfect trail here, number 10. The third number, uh, three space junk. He's got a bit of quality on most of these, for sure. He did run second two starts ago, and that was behind uh, Too Fast, Too Serious with a soft run that, that night. And certainly that form reads very well for a race of this nature. And for fourth number four, Sports Package, who had the favours from gate one on Tuesday, but a bit tougher here, unless we happen to find the front. So one from ten, three and four. OK. Uh, Glenn? Yeah, look, uh, Kudo has been putting the riding on the wall, in, albeit mainly stand form, but um, has raced well in mobiles before. Ryan Bell's very keen to get the drive and uh, snaffled that up and will try and lead and be hard to beat. Um, but I'm going to lean the sports package. I just like the way she's going. Bolted in the other day. I know she led and all that, but the previous run was excellent. I think she's well and truly struck form now and uh, will be hard to hold out. Needs a little bit of luck, but... Um, Put it on top to beat the one Akuto. The 10's the very interesting runner. I think it's approaching a win. It's going to get a nice run behind Akuto. It's around $17. Seems overs to me for the run it's going to get. If they run up tempo a bit, it'll be running on strongly late. And the three space chunk obviously has got a bit of class. So it's best form is very good. 4 1, 10 and 3. 4 1, 10 and 3 for Glenn. 1, 10, 3 and 4 for Rich. We get to our standing start event of the night. It's thanks to classic legendary Broking. And this one, it comes up at 9.15. So a couple of comments here. We don't have fixed odds up with Tab Touch, but Craig Heinem with the last drop, he said uh, fitness should be peaking and worked really well on Tuesday. Has been good in front in the past, so we'll be driven positively to try and lead. Then you heard from Michael Grantham earlier on with Forgotten Highway. Uh, Michael Young with Armbury Actor. Drawn wide, but the field lacks depth. If he behaves, he can breeze and win. And Jason Woodworth there with Hot Footed. On his last start, I expect him to be right in the finish from the soft draw. So this one over the 21.30. Sorry, I'll correct myself. I did say standard. Yeah, it's, it's a mobile. It's yeah. a mobile. Apologies for that. Uh, 
race number eight, Rich. Pretty effusive about the chances of a hot footer here, number 10. Thought of the most impressive performance last start coming home in quick time from the back. Wasn't entitled to do that. Just showed you how well it's going. Kyle Harper has the drive here. He can work off the inside and, and run a mighty race here. I think Arm Reactor is is short. Uh, it's obviously got a lot of talent. Of course, was disqualified due to an administrative error uh, after its a very big win on a Tuesday and uh, since then uh, has blotted the copybook but uh, obviously has huge talent. Uh, but I'm just going to risk it. So 10 hot footed from 9, Arm Reactor uh, for third place. So I'll put in number 2, the last drop. He has got the draw and also number 6, Forgotten Highway. Michael Grantham gave it a reasonable push this morning. And uh, CC Chevron's got the draw to, to play a first four part for sure, and even with place claims. 10 from 9, and then 6 and 1. Okay. Uh, sorry, 10 from 9, 2 and 6. Okay, Glenn. Yeah, hot foot, hot foot in the last start. Um, this, the fourth to Jasper Vella Beach, 28 7, 27 7. His personal last half, 55 97, and wide. Uh, the race was, there was a walk and a sprint. It wasn't a title to make that ground up. It's got its hot foot on the till. And I'll put it on top to beat uh, the ignatic, enigmatic uh, arm reactor. If it gets it all right, it'll probably be winning this. But you just got to take it on trust a little bit, as Michael Young suggesting. Uh, hard to beat if it does everything right. Ten from nine. The two last drops getting closer to uh, its form. I think it'll run a little race. And the one, Shisha Chevron's got a nice draw to salute the judge. Ten, nine, two, and one. Ten, nine, two, and one. That is for Glenn. Ten, nine, two, and six for Rich. A lot of these you normally see in standing start events, Glenn. I think that's why I was thinking that. That's true. <laughs> was a, I said it was a stand. Apologies for that. Over the twenty-one thirty, we go. The Bridge Bar open at one twenty this Sunday. Pace before the Derby, of course. Nine forty, it gets underway. Burra at one thirty-five, three sixty Zazu. Ten dollars McArdle's gem. Sixteen dollars and upwards. The rest. Uh, Greg Bond simply said that Burrar is the testing material here, and Rich, it's hard to argue with that. One, two, three, four for me. <laughs> Straight down the page. Glenn? Yeah, look, Burrar looks hard to beat. Zazu, uh, second last run back, was really top class. It's got good form against 18 carats and uh, those type of horses. Uh, Zazu goes better on the rail. It's going to be on the rail here. It's going to track Burrar. And Burrar's got the Top-class form, two, 18 carats, uh, she's a hope. Um, put it on top to beat the two, Zazu, three, three back the rails, McArdle Gem, and the four, four back the rails, the notorious one looks like one, two, three, four, and one, two, three and four for me too, Rich. All right, so same numbers, same order in race number nine, which brings us to the last, and this is for the two-year-olds. The bridge bar open before every AFL home game pace. Ten thirteen. It's over the seventeen thirty here. One dollar ninety. Indomitable symbol. Two dollars twenty. Pocket full of opals. Candy apple. Seven dollars. It's nineteen dollars, and upwards the rest. So this Bond team debutante. Indomitable symbol should develop into a handy filly and could surprise here. And then pocket full of opals. Nice filly. Good win last start. Will run a big race again. They look the two rich. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Indomitable symbol, I thought, was uh, quite good in the trials. It looks to have a bit of style. I know the time wasn't overly quick, and when it was going past those horses, the sectionals were pretty average, uh, but it was the manner in which it did it. looked to be doing it comfortably, and it certainly looks fairly professional. So I've got it on top, number three, Indomitable symbol. Races in those uh, green with the, the yellow colours, and uh, we've uh, seen those indomitable horses uh, show so much potential before. Four pocket of uh, pocket full of opals was really good, winning last start. But a bit harder here with the indomitable symbol engaged. Three from four, candy apple can pick up a bit of toffee here and uh, finish in third and two. Hello, gorgeous. Three from four, one and two. Okay, Glenn. Yeah, interesting um, indomitable symbols trials. I did look back to December when Ron Young. Uh, Got this horse prepared for the bonds, and uh, in one trial uh, it came out of the gate 100 miles an hour and led. Uh, the recent trial uh, that was looked after early and came around them late and circled the field. So it's got string to its bow. The gate speed, I think, is there based on that trial I saw with uh, Ron Young in Ron Young hands. Um, so I'm thinking uh, that's the race. If he can hold pocket full of opals, that's probably the result. Uh, if he doesn't, uh, you go the other way. But I'm just leaning to the fact that he'll probably be able to hold the lead get the lead and 
win the race from pocket full of opals the one candy apple to run third and the two hello gorgeous to run fourth three four one and two three four one and two for both glenn and rich all right uh, Rich, we will get a best bet from you and then let you go. And, of course, uh, tonight we'll hear from you half an hour before the first race for a preview here again on Tab Radio. But your best bet for this evening? Yeah, just going to go with the three in a row in the middle part of the card. Race five, number two, Miss Macho. Race six, number three, Cordero. And race seven, number one, Acuto. Five, two, six, three, seven, one. Rich, all the very best. Good calling tonight. Yeah. We will catch up with you next week. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Glenn. Every Friday night, tune into the Trots WA Twitter page for comprehensive coverage of the meeting at Gloucester Park. Join Michael Heaton and myself, Tim Walker, as we bring you all the essential last-minute information from the drivers in the parade ring and catch up with the key winners from the meeting. Whether you're having a punt or just an avid fan of harness racing, the Trots WA Twitter page is the place to be every Friday night from 5. Listening to the Gloucester Park Preview, proudly presented by Retrovision. Retrovision, lowest prices guaranteed. RAC members save an extra 5% every day at Retrovision. Welcome back to the Retrovision Gloucester Park Preview. Glenn, before we get the best bets for uh, tonight for yourself, we had the quiz earlier on and the answer, Shadow Sacks. So we'll be in touch with our winner. Very good. Yeah, 23 wins from 50 starts, so lightly raced. Yeah, it was a horse that raced well on the Grand Circuit. It was just a level below the best ones, but it went around those country cups and went to South Australia and won that cup. A very nice horse. All right. Now, your best bets for this evening. Yeah, try the value tonight. I think there's a little bit of uh, value around tonight, and I don't mind I hit the road jack on an each-way basis, race two, number four. Uh, Savvy Bromack around the $3 mark. Race 5, number 3, I like her dropping back from those uh, fast-class races. And race 8, number 10, hot-footed. I like it a lot. Uh, needs a little luck, but uh, on an each-way basis again. I think all those three uh, can run races tonight. All right. That is a look at this evening's proceedings at Gloucester Park. Don't forget, we, we have got the team back together, I think, for Friday night. We'll have Sky Racing coverage. We didn't have it last week. By no, that'll be tremendous. Yeah. Of close contacts last week. And Missed the Twitter last week. Yes. Yeah, so it's back on it tonight. It's yes, fantastic. Looking, looking forward to being back down there for the first time in about a month. So yeah. I'll get the GPS out and work out where to go <laughs> to Gloucester Park. But looking forward to what is going to be a big night there. Also, Tuesday night, just an eye towards that. So we've got our four-year-old Bullion heats there, the gold bullion heats. We've got one for the boys at race five. It does look as if Mighty Ronaldo will be winning that race, and it's just a, a matter of who fills in the minor placings, you'd think there, Glenn. Yeah, it's interesting, that one. I'm just having a quick look. El Daytona's in. It's been scratched tonight. Uh, tonight. So yeah. I don't know what's going on there, but um, there might have been a little mishap or something, but we'll get more information on that. That's got a lot of gate speed, so that'll add a bit of interest to that. Uh, even though it looks like Mighty Ronaldo's race to lose. I like the four-year-old mare's heat, though. Miss Badika, um, Lady Jaw, better destroy American armour back. Never mind the chaos, a horse on the up, big time, Bolivia, St- Bolivia Star. But the clash there, uh, never mind the chaos, um, armor, American armour, better destroy Miss Badika. That's a beauty. And, of course, so they race for a spot in the final, which is on the 7th of May. That's a $210,000 race. And then we've got our consolation final on the 27th of May. Of course, next week we will have the heats for the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds on Tuesday night. So that will be the 12th of April, a week and a half. And then they race for a spot in the $50,000 final. Uh, That, of course, comes up on the... 22nd of April, so a busy few weeks of APG races coming up. Glenn, thank you for your time this morning. Thanks very much. Enjoyed it.